the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Happy to report it is 70 degrees. <laughs> 70. Now, oh, it's awesome. I've not been outside since I came in this morning. It was like, you know, 40-ish when I came mm, in. So we When I came in, it was 64. Ahead. Very nice. And so it's still climbing. I love it. I'm taking a walk. You should. That's very exciting. Late in the evening, yeah. take a walk. Just nice to be outside. Late in the evening. Is that Paul Simon, right? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you take ever take a walk at nighttime? In the summer, mm-hmm. but not in the winter. Right. I mean, by the time we get home, it's like black as it'll night. It'll be black. Yeah. It'll be t- right. dark out there, but I don't even care. But if it's 70, I mean, I'll drag it's a myself thing. through the streets. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> walk around. Yeah. How are you doing today? Uh, very well. Thank Excellent. you. Looking forward to uh, Super Bowl weekend. Mm-hmm, Still thinking mm-hmm. about snacks mm-hmm. and excited to celebrate National Pizza Day, which is today. Today is the, today. Kind of snuck up on us, mm-hmm. didn't it? No, yeah. I was ready. Really? Mm-hmm. National Pizza Day. You know, for years I would eat like the French bread pizza. That was kind of like my go-to here at the station. How many times? Oh. Wait, did you burn your lip? <laughs> <laughs> just try to just try to land on a number. <laughs> Are you talking about me? Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> I, I the know. answer, Lexi, is a lot. <laughs> a lot. Like a little piece of cheese would mm-hmm. fall off and like burn. My- yeah. <laughs> you get like a blister. It happened what here. I-, I mean, it must. if it happened here once, it happened here 28 times. <laughs> That's fine. I haven't thought about that for a while. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I have. I- Listen, a French bread pizza is delicious. Mm-hmm. It's very high in calories. I don't know. But yeah. I have, e- I mean, you and I have eaten a lot of yep. French bread pizza. Mm-hmm. And apparently, I like them when they're they're heated to the volcanic episodic degree. I mean, holy smokes! Oh yeah, I'm known here. Like, like the other day, Mike came in. He was like, "Oh, there's a little pizza in there. Is that John's?" And it wasn't mine. I was happy to report. So it's been a while since I've been. Probably post pandemic, I've not probably. I don't French think you. Br- I don't think you have. Anyway, so, so will you have pizza tonight? No, we had pizza just the other day. Oh, okay. My wife came home and she was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm like, I need to just sit on the couch. I was like, I go get a pizza. And we were like, yeah, okay, good. So you celebrated ahead of time. Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Lexi, will, will you be celebrating National Pizza Day? National Pizza. Probably not. Oh. No? Come on now. I know, but I am craving some pizza today. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm uh, excited. I'm favorite gonna, I'm pizza place? Uh, well, Pizza Italian, Bloomfield. In, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, Minio's? Minio's and Squirrel Hill. Good Minio's. I like Belisario's in Allison Park. Excellent. Uh-huh. Um, I like Pizzeria Davide oh. on Penn Avenue in the Strip. Uh-huh. And I like Sir Pizza in uh, on so, like uh, in kind of like the Ross Township Franklin Park area. Sir Pizza. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Lex, you got a favorite pizza place? Police Station Pizza. What's that? Police Station Pizza? Yeah. Where it's a it? pizza place in... Ambridge, I'm pretty sure. It's really? either Ambridge or Center. I don't know why I'm blanking on where it a is. A former police station? Uh, good question. No clue. <laughs> huh. 
Police Station Pizza. They right. make really good pizza. Good. Well, um, okay, uh, just quickly, favorite toppings. Lex, you go first. Mushroom mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. I don't know, mushroom's really just like the go-to. The go-to. I- I'm like a veggie person. I'm doing mushroom green pepper. Are you? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. very nice. But really my go-to is just a, a standard pepperoni pizza. I'm going pepperoni and onion. Onion? Always. I never get onion always. on pizza. Really. Always, always. Pepperoni really? and onion. It's the most delicious combo. Any interest in an anchovy? I like an anchovy, but I don't really like Not it on, on pizza. pizza. No, I no, agree. I, really do. I like it in a Caesar much. salad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sausage? No. 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 Okay. Mm-mm. All right. Just kind of. So I'd first also like a, I'd like a margarita pizza. What is a margarita pizza? That's with fresh mozzarella and basil. Oh, I, I would eat that. I think yeah. that's delicious. Why is it a margarita? I mean, not margarita as in the drink. M-A-R-G-H-E-R-I-T-A. Margarita. Distinction? Yeah. So at margarita is M-A-R-G-A-R-I-T-A. So. Like you're having a margarita while you're eating your pizza. Right, that's no, not, you're not what's doing happening. That. You're not so, doing that. Well, We're spelling that. it differently and doing something different. All right. Very nice. All right. Uh, National Pizza Day notwithstanding. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to put something up on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Like a poll? What's your favorite pizza place okay, in Pittsburgh? Good. Oh, yeah, good. So give me a minute to do it uh, because I'll have to do it during the commercial break. But then you can go on. I'll also put something on my Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. And you can find me, Kathy underscore Word FM, if you want to put your favorite pizza place under there. I'll just retweet. <laughs> I'll just retweet whatever you're doing. That's great. Okay, just saying. Thank you so much. Okay, so please, yeah, are there hidden gems we do not know mm-hmm. about your favorite pizza place? Pizza or calzone? Um, I enjoy both. I love a calzone. I like calzone, but only if it has green olives in it. Oh, okay. That's fine, too. And a lot of places don't have green olives, which really? I think is some kind of maybe prejudice. or Sauce on the side with a calzone? A lot. Oh, yeah, me too. For yeah. serious yeah. dipping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember Parks and Rec when Ben was doing the low-cal calzone zone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> low-cal calzone with so, extra ricotta. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. great. All right, pizza aside, let's uh, take a look at the news here. Without further ado, Kath, give us the top four at four. For Thursday, February 9th, Mm -hmm. 2023, number one. Rescuers pulled more survivors from beneath the rubble of collapsed buildings today, uh, but hopes were starting to fade of finding many more people alive. Three days after the earthquakes that shook Turkey and Syria, the death count is over 20,000. I just can't even come to grips with that number. the number number you can't imagine. At least three Americans among the dead. Mm. Um, It's one of the deadliest worldwide uh, earthquakes in more than a decade. Mm. The death surpassing even the toll from the 2011 earthquake off Fukushima. Wow. Yeah. That's from today's CBS News. Number two. The State Department today released details about China's high-altitude balloon surveillance program, according to CBS News, declassifying information collected by U.S. U-2 spy planes and other sources to expose what the Biden administration, John, is calling a sophisticated effort to surveil more than 40 countries across five continents. You've got to be kidding me. I thought it was just a weather balloon. This led the House to overwhelmingly pass a resolution condemning China for its balloon espionage. Would you? I mean, I never thought I would see anything where the House would vote 
100% Democrat, 100% Republicans, everybody said yes. Everyone. Everybody Unanimous. said yes. Unanimous. We're all on board. The State Department affirmed that Chinese balloon spy operations are carried out by the People's Liberation Army using technology manufactured by a firm that has a direct relationship with the military. Mm. After a U.S. F-22 fighter jet took down the balloon Saturday, Beijing called the move an overreaction and said it reserved the right to, quote, respond further. Number three, Senator John Fetterman from our fair state hospitalized overnight after suffering from lightheadedness. He'd been attending a retreat for Democratic senators. He left the event and called staffers who took him to uh, George Washington University Hospital. He's 53 years old, and if you remember, he suffered a stroke back in May when he was running for Senate. Apparently, initial tests have not shown evidence of a new stroke, but he is still hospitalized. And number four, big news, Chick-fil-A jumping on the plant-based bandwagon. Oh, no. And that is your top four. Wait, wait, wait. They're making a... Plant-based chicken sandwich? Oh, you, you need some details about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. What's going on here? Yes. It's going to be a breaded cauliflower sandwich. Oh, I would eat that. Me too. At restaurants in Denver, Charleston, and Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, they spent four years developing the sandwich after guests told them they wanted to add more vegetables to their diet. Huh. So they tried mushrooms. They tried chickpeas. They tried chopped veg formed into patties, but they kept going back to cauliflower. Interesting. So it'll be marinated breaded, pressure cooked, and served on a bun with two pickle slices. <laughs> no special sauce? Not, well, you could get the chicken yeah, yeah. sauce on the side. Um, they're a latecomer, though, according to ABC News, on the plant-based food scene because Burger King already sells the Impossible Whopper. Did you know that? No. Me neither. Um, Starbucks has an Impossible Sausage Sandwich. McDonald's debuted the McPlant Burger mm. in the UK in 2021, and KFC began selling Beyond meat mm-hmm. nuggets mm-hmm. Okay. last year. It might be okay to be behind the curve on this. I think so. Right? I think the cauliflower sandwich sounds way better yeah. than any of the other ones. I like cauliflower in all its iterations. I So I'm fine with that. Listen, I was late to the cauliflower party, but I am fully on board. Yeah. What do you mean you were late to it? I didn't really like... I think cauliflower looks terrible. Looks terrible? You mean... It's not an appealing looking food item. It looks like a brain or something? Yes, I think it's exactly what See, it As a kid, like. that's what drew me to it. Mm-hmm. That's what took me away from it. But over the last five years, I have... It's delicious. I've come around. Yeah. Cauliflower how? Soup. Cauliflower soup. I made I made it on yeah. Friday for the first time. Really? It was oh, excellent. epic. I mean, I just do steamed cauliflower with a little bit of butter and pepper. How about uh, roasted oh, in the fabulous. oven when it's brown? With a cheese and, sauce? Yeah, or, or maybe on its own. How about with just salt? Mm-hmm. Cauliflower rice? Yes, fine. that's fine. All right. What about what about like a pizza, cauliflower crust pizza? Is that good? I, I would try had that. It. I would try it. Yeah. All right. 101.5 WORD. Nothing says I love you more than winning $2,000 for your sweetheart. Enter the $2,000 Valentine's Day sweepstakes. And it's $2,000 for you to spend on your sweetie. Increase your opportunity to win when you enter up to once per day between now and February 12th. And complete bonus activities to give you more entries. Sign up to win at wordfm.com. I love you. A bushel and a peck, a bushel and a peck, and a hug around the neck. Hi there, it's me, Marsha, from the Spring House. So, I'm wondering, what are you planning for your Valentine's sweetheart this year, besides a hug around the neck? 
How about a fun candlelight dinner at the Spring House? We'll be serving a delicious four-course meal featuring wedding soup, reunion salad with honey balsamic dressing, grilled marinated flank steak, celebration chicken romano, pearls cheesy potatoes, buttered fresh green beans, Bev's secret recipe brown rolls, pink lemonade and coffee, and your choice of homemade dessert. When we served this at Valentine's Day last year, my son Nathan even said, Mom, when I get married, that is the exact menu I want for my wedding. Oh, my. All that good food plus wonderful serenading by amazing local artist Bob Podish. Hop onto our website at springhousemarket.com to make reservations for you and your sweetie today. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk, and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. Geneva College understands that you're passionate about your life's work. Through Geneva's graduate degree programs, you'll be equipped to fully pursue your faith life calling, excelling in your field, and moving forward for a purpose. In your studies and in your work, you'll be challenged to seek God's design in all things, integrating faith and life, aspiring, leading, and achieving your goals for all that you're created to be and do. You were made for this. Visit geneva.edu slash graduate to learn more. We've been talking about uh, the Jubilee Conference coming up next weekend, 17th, 18th, and 19th. The Coalition for Christian Outreach presents this every year. And, and with that, they always provide, they always present any number of really excellent guests on a wide variety of topics. And such is the case with our next guest. We're happy to welcome Derek Sherman, who's professor of computer science at Calvin University. And Derek, next week, is going to talk about a Christian field guide to technology for engineers and designers. And Derek, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, uh, John. I appreciate it. So, Derek, when we think about technology now, uh, it, it's such a vast space. Um, and so there's the technology that, you know, professionals are using, you know, people that are in your line of work. And then there's the kind of technology that people in my line of work are using, right? Or just the basic user. Um, and so I'm yeah. wondering, if do, do we live in different worlds? Like, are, are you, do you have different concerns than I do about tech? Well, I think people who are developing and designing the very technology that, that other people are using have, I think, an extra special responsibility, right, to, 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 to kind of understand what it means to love your neighbor in mm -hmm. that space. The tools, you know, that we craft have such a profound impact on how, uh, how customers and how people live um, and also ourselves. I mean, our, our own technology shapes us. We're not immune to the way this, that technology changes the way we relate, to the way that we think, to the way that we interact. 
Um, you know, we were just here at Calvin University talking about chat GPT. Yeah. I don't know whether you've heard about that. Oh, sure. Yet. You know, a, a new AI program sure. that's capable of, of, uh, of you know, pretty, pretty remarkable replies to prompts and queries. And, um, and so just thinking about how can we use this in a way that, that helps people and uh, to, to flourish and to kind of think about what does it mean to love our neighbor as we craft these tools. Right. Okay. So anyone who's a fan of science fiction, and I think, you know, most people have some connection to it. I mean, you know, whether it's reading Philip K. Dick or the Blade Runner series or whatnot, when you look at, you know, what the future may hold, it's often very dark and it's sort yeah. of, I think, would yes. exclude any knowledge of, of Christ the Lord, our Savior. So uh, as a yeah. believer, uh, Derek, I mean, a Christian field guide to technology for engineers and designers, do you talk about that? I mean, will the future, when you look at tech in the future, is there an absence of God from what you see? Yeah, that's a really good question. In fact, in our in our new book, we actually have one chapter about technology in the future and, uh, and sort of thinking about what shape technology or what role technology plays in the shoot in the future, and there's sort of two sort of extremes that people tend to land on. That there's the tech enthusiasts who, who tend to put too much hope into a future of technology, and that technology will ultimately solve all of our problems and be able to, um, you know, even there's even some people who believe technology will will conquer the problem of death, and and of course that's. Mm-hmm very problematic from a Christian standpoint in terms of what we believe, um, what it means to be human and, and what our capabilities are and, and so on. And um, on the other side, there's sort of this pessimistic view of technology that people think, yeah, technology will ultimately destroy us, right? The dystopian yeah. movies that you've mentioned, you know, the Frankenstein narrative kind yeah. of repeated over and over again that we see in our movies. And um, I think some of the dystopian movies have have a role for thinking about what the consequences might be if we unfold our technology in 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 unwise ways. You know, someone once said the role of a of a, of a science fiction writer is not to think about the the automobile, but to envision the traffic jam. You know, what sort of things happen <laughs> when we develop things and and in and in, uh, in, in with poor sort of design decisions and 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 sort of you know going in a bad direction. Yeah. But I I think that the Bible's clear that technology is neither the villain nor the savior. Um, you know, and sort of avoiding those sort of two two sides, not seeing technology as the source of um, sort of um, solving all our problems and uh, which is basically idolatry in a you know in another way or seeing technology as sort of the the thing that's ultimately going to destroy humanity i think uh the, the bible paints a different vision about a new heaven and a new earth and it's not one that we construct it's the heavenly city comes down from god out of heaven it's not subcontracted to humans you know it's, uh, it's something that god brings about and in the meantime he calls us you know to exercise freedom and responsibility with the with the possibilities and creation that he's that that he's given to us, and 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 to you know unfold these things in ways that are responsible and like we mentioned earlier, show love for our neighbor uh, and care for the earth. Derek, what do you think are the concerns of your students, college students that are they're graduating this year, uh, in the next couple years, um, they're looking for a future in technology. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, what are the things that are on their minds, or what are the things that you think should be on their minds? Yeah, so I'm actually this this semester teaching a capstone course for computer science majors, and so we're we're, we're looking at you know uh, questions that are coming up at this time. You know, questions about vocation. What does it mean uh, to use my gifts and talents in ways that that serve God? What kind of 
things should I be looking for as I as I look for work? Now, thankfully, our computer scientists don't have to worry about getting a job, but what they have to think about is, you know, what am I going to do with the gifts and talents and, and sort of opportunities that God has given me with the skills that I have? You know, mm-hmm. how, how do I use that in, in, in the most fruitful way? And so we get into questions about, you know, first of all, what is what is a biblical framework for thinking about technology? We've We've talked a bit about those things, you know, thinking about ethics, thinking about vocation. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, because technology is changing so quickly, kind of, kind of wondering where, where their career is going to take them in the future. You know, the students graduating now will, you know, if, if the Lord tarries and if they, they're granted a, you know, a sort of normal lifespan, they might be working out from now till about 20, well, 40 years from now, 20, 50, 20 you know, they, these students are going to be working into a future that that um, that I think holds a lot of uncertainty. So I um, I think it's exciting, but I think it's a little a little intimidating. And many of them are actually you know talking to me about different job offers that they have mm. and, and what areas can they serve best and make the most kingdom impact. Let's say. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious about that. At the church I attend, it's a, just a few short blocks. It's a very quick walk to Carnegie Mellon University. Oh yeah. So there's a a lot of people who are part of our church, men and women, who are in the yeah. tech sector, of course, who are you know engineers or professors at Carnegie Mellon and the local universities. Yeah. And so I wonder about that. I mean, how uh, how open would engineers, designers, other techies be involved in a conversation about faith? Uh, who are maybe yeah. not believers, and the intersection of faith and technology together and what that would look like 20, 30, 50 years down the road? Yeah, no, that, that, that's a really good question. You know, and I, I say to my students, too, like, um, I'm glad that some of you are going to end up in Silicon Valley or you're going on to grad school and perhaps being in, in places where we would never be able to send missionaries, you know, typically. Yeah. Places where you can have a voice, places where you can help shape the direction of, of technology, uh, places where where you can be a trustworthy worker who can also give an account of your own faith when, when opportunity arises. Some of you, I say to my students, are going to be like Daniel in Babylon, right? You, mm-hmm. you may be given tremendous responsibility and and an opportunity to you know to be uh to be a voice for good you know it's 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 this idea of you know as christians you know i tell my students you can't stand up in a boardroom and say thus saith the lord that, that that's not going right. to go over very well but there's so many ways to to kind of work you know with mm-hmm. the, the approach is called principled pluralism you know understanding there's all these different sort of voices and worldviews at work in in industry but being a Eleven, you know, being yeah. salt and light, working, finding common cause with others, looking for ways to use AI for good, you know, ways to leverage technology to to relieve human suffering and to help bring about, you know, um, helpful changes, without putting our trust in it, right? But but using it as a way of basically serving others, and 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 um, so I, I think that I think that it's a legitimate. A career for people to pursue is is a concrete way of showing love for neighbor and actually, you know, helping shape the tools that are profoundly shaping uh, everything around us, right? And in, 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 including your and I jobs, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shaped profoundly by sure. the technology. Sure. You know, when I think, uh, Derek, about um, I don't know about about how change happens. You know, John and I have talked about vocation on this show for so long mm-hmm. um, and talked to so many people in so many different realms of life. I've really uh, come to rely on that 
each person, each little person doing whatever their little mm-hmm. job is, wherever it is, but doing it well yeah. and bringing uh, peace and uh, newness to their very, very small area of connection, yep. as opposed to yeah. investing a lot of faith in public policy. And I'm not saying public policy doesn't matter um, yeah. or or investing a lot of faith in, you know, uh, mega corporate business owners. It's not that they're not important yeah. either, but I just feel like we spend a lot of oxygen talking about those things yeah. when yeah. just, you know, just what each person does in their sphere, I think, is yeah. what really ends up steering the ship. Yeah, yeah, you in your small corner and I in mine and you know some of us will be will be given more more influence and more responsibility ultimately um but finding out what it means to be faithful in the space to be a faithful presence, you know, in the places that God puts us whether that's in, you know, um the public square or whether that's an industry or whether whether that's in some other role, you know, I I think the main the thing I start with with my students is that our main calling above everything else is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, mm. and everything else that we do follows from that uh, from that calling. Um, and uh, that comes from Oz Guinness, his book The Calling, right? And he said that that sort of is where it starts. So then our work as an engineer is sort of secondary to, you know, our primary calling to be a disciple. And it also means that our work as an engineer isn't our whole calling, right? We're called to be um, to be working in our neighborhoods and in our families and in our churches. And, and our job is just one area where we live out that primary calling to be a disciple. Amen. Well, Derek, yeah. uh, our time is too short, but we're excited that you're headed to Pittsburgh next week as part of yeah, Jubilee. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. And then especially, you know, to, to know that you and there are many, many other people out there in the tech sector who are uh, helping to equip and engage a, a new generation of believers mm-hmm. in this, you know, area that uh, for a lot of people is fraught with uh, anxiety and fear about what is ahead. So uh, yeah. keep it up. Uh, we would encourage yeah. you in, in all the things that you do. Thank you so much. Our great pleasure. And listen, um, you just heard uh, Derek Sherman, uh, professor of computer science, Calvin University. He is headed to town next week, 17th, 18th, 19th, David L. Lawrence Convention Center, Jubilee Conference. Look online, jubileeconference.com. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. This message is for anyone looking for $500,000 to $1 million or more of affordable term life insurance. Even if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or are taking anxiety meds. Here's an example. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe overweight with type 2 diabetes, $1 million of term life insurance may only cost about $200 a month. We're term provider, experts in finding affordable term life insurance for those that may not be in perfect health. If you've had prostate cancer, heart conditions, high cholesterol, or are on prescription medications, you may still qualify for a half million to a million dollars or more of affordable term life insurance. Get a quick quote right now by visiting termprovider.com. That's termprovider.com or simply call Term Provider at 800-333-1750. If you're looking for term life insurance but have type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, or have other health issues, call Term Provider at 800-333-1750. That's 800-333-1750. 
Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills into one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here, write this down and call 1-800-990-6976. Can you repeat that? 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Discover the magnificence of the Mediterranean with Alistair Bay and our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Nine life-changing days of powerful worship, Bible study, and history. Sign up now, deeperfaithcruise.com. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Studies show decades of increased taxpayer spending per student has failed to improve educational performance. Can't we do better? Pittsburgh's Christian schools say we can. If you're looking for a safe environment for kids to learn, challenge, and grow, where character matters and academic excellence is served by highly qualified teachers who partner with parents, consider Christian education. Right now, local Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees while they last at wordfm.com slash tuitions. A wind advisory is in effect through tomorrow morning. We'll see a shower in spots this evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies tonight. Windy with a low of 39. Mostly cloudy tomorrow and breezy with a rain or snow shower in spots in the afternoon. Tomorrow's high, 44. Breezy tomorrow evening. Otherwise, partly to mostly cloudy skies tomorrow night. A couple of flurries, low 24. Times of clouds and sun Saturday with a high of 38. With your Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Saw us in today's trip. Uh, Dr. Warren Woody Hoberg, who is a 2004 North Allegheny graduate, will be one of four astronauts in NASA's SpaceX Crew-6 mission to spend six months aboard the International Space Station. Six months. Whole. How about that? 2004 North Allegheny graduate. Crew-6 will launch from NASA's Kennedy Space Center in Florida. And so as a pilot, Woody Herberg will be responsible for spacecraft systems and performance aboard the space station. He will serve as an Expedition 69 flight engineer. Woody Herberg was selected to join the 2017 Astronaut Canada class. After completing the initial two-year training, he became eligible for missions. He says this, I actually thought that I wasn't experienced enough and didn't have the credentials I needed to actually become an astronaut, the North Allegheny grad said in a recent interview. He earned his bachelor's degree in aeronautics and astronautics from MIT, a doctorate in electrical engineering and computer science from the University of California, Berkeley. He was also leading a research group at MIT at the time of his selection, according to his NASA biography. He is an instrument-rated commercial pilot in single and multi-engine airplanes. Uh, Holberg, who's 37, his brother Russ, 
attended North Allegheny while living in Marshall Township. His brother Russ said that uh, Woody built model rockets when they were younger, and he found his brother taking modeling to the next level. Now, the brother Russ, Russ Oberg, is a chemistry teacher at Upper St. Clair. Mm. He said his brother is well-suited and well-qualified to be an astronaut. Uh, Russ Hoberg of Marshall Township is head coach for the North Allegheny Girls High School football uh, volleyball team, which won its sixth consecutive PIAA championship last fall. And Woody Hoberg is going to take one of the winning gold medals aboard the nice. SpaceX capsule known as the Space Dragon. Uh, the astronaut who invited his former NA teachers, Sharon Volpe, to attend, she said, I'm so excited. Um, I taught Woody uh, calculus, AP calculus, and I recall him not taking any notes during his first days of this highly challenging class that I teach. She said, you know, um, you're not going to pass this if you don't take the notes. Uh, it didn't take me long, she says, to realize that he didn't need to take notes. While most of the students fill up notebooks of calculus, she said Woody Hoberg made about uh, maybe a page or two of notes all year long. Stop it. Uh-huh. Oh, that's incredible. He says, uh, you know, it's funny, Woody Hoberg says, it's funny how things fall into place. Little decisions you make in life to get you where you, get, or to get you, where you are going. I'm an engineer, I'm a pilot, I'm a climber, and now I'm a NASA astronaut. Super cool, isn't it? Wow. Blasting off February 26th. Congratulations. Woody, Woody Hoberg, Hoberg in North Allegheny. Wow. Yeah, he doesn't need to take notes. Nah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> he could just figure out what was going on. Yeah. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Who's up next year? Yeah, coming up next, we're going to talk about Super Bowl fans. Oh. What do they need? Yeah, this is really interesting. 101.5 WORD. You're home for real life radio with Jack Hibbs. When Jesus ordains, this is how he does it. When he says, I want you to go do that thing. You guys, that's all we need to hear. Go and do that thing, then stop looking at a map trying to figure out how you're going to get there. Just go. Jesus said, do it. Let's go. Real life radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. Weekday mornings at 1130 on 101.5 Word FM. Word FM listeners, in this year radio commercial, I'm going to show you how the famous quote, two birds, one stone, should actually be four birds, one stone. I can see you're on the edge of your seat, but let's at least give it a try. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and what we're seeing from families across the country is how one stone, the cash out refinance, is helping families four different ways. The cost of everything is currently crazy, which is spiking credit card debt, where interest rates are often three to five times higher than mortgage interest rates which is why we're seeing family after family taking advantage of the fact that their home has skyrocketed in value and cashing out that newfound money to pay off the credit card monster, using leftovers on special purchases, setting a bit extra aside for future peace of mind. And the fourth positive is cleaning up debt improves your credit score, giving you better future options. If you're curious what a cash out refinance would do for you, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a blessing for 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problems, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-419-2387. 
If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-419-2387. 800 I'm cold. You know why you're cold? Because we need to replace our windows. It's going to be expensive. Well, we lose money every time the wind blows. I don't want to deal with a high-pressure salesperson. Well, our neighbors used energy swing windows and doors, and they loved them. Oh, they have over 500 five-star reviews. The Energy Swing is a complete lifetime warranty for a peace of mind guarantee. So if we replace the windows and doors with them, we'll never have to do it again. I'll make an appointment today at energyswingwindows.com. Of course, Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. Mm -hmm. The big, big game. game. Mm -hmm. The big game, they mm -hmm. say. Now, this is interesting because, uh, of course, uh, we've seen this. If, if your radar's up when you're watching television, and it, it's on, you know, often, the He Gets Us campaign, a $100 million campaign to put Jesus front and center in a secular world. And here to talk to us about that in, in, in a way and about the roots of that campaign, Paul Putz is back with us. Paul's the assistant director of the Faith and Sports Institute at Baylor University. He wrote a really interesting piece at CT, Christianity Today, called Super Bowl Fans Don't Need a Linebacker Jesus. Hey, Paul, welcome back. How are you doing? Hey, great to be back. And before we get started, just want to uh, say last time I was on, y'all asked me about men's basketball. I was worried. And just want to point out that ever since that call, We've turned it around. The team is looking great. We're ready for the tournament, ready to make a run. Fabulous. So now, wait a minute. Now, you are you seem pretty confident about the tournament. Like, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Yeah, I, Scott Drew's got us back. Culture of joy. Uh, be on the lookout when you fill out those brackets. I, I mean, I hate to tell you. I don't hate to tell you at all. I, re, I, don't, I can't imagine I said that. I rejoice to tell you that Pitt is tied for first in the <laughs> ACC right now. <laughs> it's a small upstart, Paul. That's right. That's right. I mean, I yeah. think before the season, they were estimated to finish 14th in right. the ACC. So, I mean, it's a special type of joy here. But, but every sports area. fan takes their joy where they can find yes, them, Paul, exactly. right? Yes, exactly. That's I'm, right. And I'm that's taking right. mine where I can. Okay, so is so sports is your business, right? It's your it's what you think of. It's bailiwick. what you talk about. It's, you know, yeah, of, yeah you're bailiwick. That's a perfect word to use. So talk about how you look at a game and a, like, festival and everything else that Sunday is. Yeah, you know, sport is a sport is part of what I do. The other thing though is that I'm a scholar, I'm an academic, and that can kind of ruin sports, you know, for some people. Uh, for for people for some people um but it can also heighten the maybe the joy and the understanding of what's going on there. So, when I see the Super Bowl or I see a you know, a big event, what I think is so fascinating is is that this speaks to human needs and desires and there are a few areas of culture that bring people together quite like sports. So there is something there that draws people. And to me, it's so it's cool that I get to study this and to think not just about what draws people to sports, but because I'm a Christian working at a Christian university, I'm thinking about um, what does that say about who God is and about how God made the world and about how God made people that we would be drawn to something like the Super Bowl or another sports event. And then how can we better love God and love others in the way that we engage in sports? Amen. Okay, so 
the He Gets Us campaign encapsulizes all of that, Paul. Now, of course, oftentimes during the Super Bowl, the commercials sometimes are more entertaining than the game itself. And, of course, to, to mount and to pay for a commercial on the Super Bowl, millions and millions of dollars, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. We're talking, you know, there's, there's probably no more expensive ad buy than to get in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay, so the He Gets Us campaign, um, describe that. I mean, I, I think most people have seen this. If your radar is up and, you know, you're a believer, all of a sudden you see, and, and you know, um, say what you will, the ads are very, very well done. It's compelling television. Yeah, it's it's sort of emerged uh, with, a, you know, we still don't know who the donors are who are giving to this, but but a group of, of Christian leaders and uh, Christian, you know, business people just felt a need to try to change the conversation. I think so often in, in recent years in American culture, you know, everything gets divided, you know, into the blue versus red and, and, you know, everything is polarized and even, even Christianity can get caught up in this if we're not careful. And so the campaign really is trying to say, let's step back. Let's, let's remember the centerpiece of our faith, right? We're called to follow Christ and let's, let's see if we can put him back in the conversation and center who Jesus was and how he speaks to the everyday needs and concerns that everyone faces, no matter, you know, which side you, you fall down on all of these hot button cultural issues. A lot of us do face similar anxieties and fears and frustrations. And so the campaign is really designed for my read of it to present Jesus to us in a way that connects him to those very needs that many of us face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so there are the ads, and I, I like them because they're spare. I mean, it really is the gospel in 30 seconds. Uh, there's no, you know, um, no one's waving a flag. No one's, you know, talking about anything other than Jesus. Very spare. What I like about it is that they're not, they're not trying to tell the whole story. They're no. just trying to get you to think about it. Right. Just it start a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the starting point, yeah. yeah. And so, Paul, in your piece, you talk about uh, a guy named Bruce Barton and Howard Thurman. Go into that a little bit, because these are precursors in many ways to the He Gets Us worldview. Yeah, so Bruce Barton is this advertising executive. That was the thing that fascinated me you know, as a historian. I studied and, and read some of his stuff. And in the 1920s, he was looking around at the culture around him and and. Unlike what some people might say, there have been times like our present moment in the past. In fact, often uh, the history is full of tensions and debate and controversy. And the 1920s was like that. And so Bruce Barton, he's a marketing executive, and he looks around and he doesn't like, you know, kind of the public image of Christianity. And so he wrote a book about Jesus called The Man Nobody Knows, where he really tried to present a Jesus who was connected to everyday real life experiences, um, a Jesus that wasn't, you know, so tied closely to some of the hot button cultural issues, but instead was a, a Jesus that could relate to and speak to the needs, especially at that time for Bruce Barton, it was the needs of men. He felt like uh, Jesus had been depicted in ways that mostly uh, made men feel like, well, what does Jesus have to say to me? And so Barton wanted to show how Jesus cared about things like sports and about business, and in that way helped invite coaches and athletes and 
and, and others who, who participated in athletics to see Jesus as relevant to their experiences. Yeah. Okay, so I love this. So Bruce Barton, in many ways, and way back in the 1920s, of course, you know, marketing, advertising was in its tiny, tiny infancy. It really didn't flourish yeah. until post-World War II America. But then from those tiny seeds, uh, Howard Thurman comes on the scene, and he takes it in a whole other, a whole other sort of explosion. Yeah, you know, it, it's such a it's, it's a contrast in, in uh, perspectives here, which is interesting to me. So Howard Thurman is not a marketing executive. Howard Thurman is a theologian. He's a civil rights leader who inspires Martin Luther King Jr. And when he writes about Jesus, he's writing as an African-American in 1949. And this is at a time before Brown versus Board of Education. You know, this is before um, segregation has ended. And he's writing about well, what it means to, to follow Jesus. And what would Jesus have to say to the experiences of people who are oppressed or uh, poor or living in poverty or the disinherited is the title of his book. And the Jesus he presents is one who's not necessarily the Jesus of Bruce Barton, who is identified with the businessman and the coach, but it's thinking about what does Jesus have to say to the people on the margins? How does how does his story relate to and understand and, and, and sympathize with those people whose society has forgotten, has left behind? And so I really, with the piece, wanted to highlight sort of that, in a sense, a tension between the Jesus we see Bruce Barton put forward and then Howard mm-hmm. Thurman, but also how this campaign, that he gets this campaign, is in some ways trying to bring those, bring those together and, and to, to present to us a Jesus who cares about the needs of the poor and the marginalized, but also a Jesus who does care about the football game and who loves to see people celebrate and have fun and enjoy the good gifts that God has given us. Uh, I read Jesus and the Disinherited uh, maybe just a year ago, um, so it's pretty fresh in my mind. And the the one thing that <laughs> that jumped out at me in reading Howard Thurman's work is how it's almost unrecognizable to something that you would read today. Uh, yeah. He wrote it in the 40s, like you said, and just our way of discussing um, – People who have their who live with their backs against the wall, which he says is most yeah. of the, most of the world. Um, it was most of the world in the 1940s. It's still probably most of the world. Um, yeah. And, and we we just think about it in such a different way. And his his peaceful, nonviolent take on it was shocking to me. Really reading it, and so um, I appreciate you seeing his. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say his influence, but certainly a shadow of what he talked about mm. and preached in the He Gets Us campaign. Yeah, I think that's a shadow is a good way to put it, right? Because we don't we don't know for sure. Like they aren't citing Howard Thurman, but I think his book was so influential. And you, you said that the way he writes about, you know, nonviolence was shocking. One reason is because Howard Thurman is is, is a key reason in, in making it possible or sensible or understandable to have this fierce commitment to nonviolence. I mean, his book shapes, like I said, Martin Luther King Jr. and other civil rights leaders who take a, a nonviolent you know, approach to engaging in the struggle for justice. That's Howard Thurman. And so his, his shadow does loom large. Even people who haven't read him are probably shaped by him and and how he explained Jesus' relevance. Mm-hmm. And so, Paul, I, I need to read this because you you are very succinct here as you finish your article. And, of course, the He Gets His campaign, like all things, is not immune from controversy. But you say this, it's only a nudge and it's only a marketing campaign. It cannot disciple people. It cannot alleviate the material conditions that give rise to inequalities and injustice in our day. It's money that may have well been put to better use. But... 
In its own limited way, it just might provide a welcome new direction in marketing efforts that have long used sports to shape our understanding of Jesus. Mm. I mean, I love this, Paul, because, mm. you know, the campaign from outside sources, people go, oh, that's $100 million. Imagine what that would do for X. And, of course, anytime there's that kind of money involved, people are apt to say that. But the millions and millions of people who are going to see these two commercials that are during Super Bowl Sunday – I believe that there'll be some people, of course, that their hearts will open. It will speak to minds who would never have considered Jesus. Yeah. You know, those those are some lines my fellow academics probably don't like that. They probably wish I would have come out swinging, you know, and said, oh, there's nothing redeemable about this. We're marketing Jesus. And, you know, as, as I looked at it, I just wanted to, to like you, the, kind of how you articulated it. It's not above reproach. It's fair to, to point out criticisms. Let's have those. But when I when I see what what other ads we've had when i see the ways that we have talked about jesus in the past linking him only with the winners hey i i think it's a good thing that we could at least give people the opportunity to respond and to think about the way jesus connects to all of our experiences and and sometimes you know those experiences of people we often forget about that he cares just as much about the people on the margins i'm into that okay paul you're a sports guy uh give us your picks okay i'm going with the eagles uh for no other reason than uh, I think, you know, with, with with Mahomes and how good he is, I just I feel like I want to go for the, the quarterback who hasn't won it yet. I just love Jalen Hurts' story, his yeah. resilience, you know, to come from Alabama and to lose his starting job there. But just the integrity and character he had in dealing with that, I was a fan immediately. So I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, but I just hope for a good game at the nice. end of the day. Fabulous. Me too. Okay. Sounds Always good. good. Well done, Paul. Thanks an awful yeah, lot. It's thanks for joining pleasure. us again, Paul. Yeah, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Paul Putz, Assistant Director of the Faith and Sports Institute at Baylor's Truett Seminary. This is an important notice to consumers facing $10,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt. You may not be required to pay it all back because there are special programs now in effect that will significantly reduce the amount you will owe if you qualify. This is not bankruptcy or a debt consolidation loan. These programs, which the credit card companies like to keep secret, exist to aid American consumers struggling with overwhelming credit card debt by offering tremendous savings and real debt relief. Accredited Debt Relief has established a special hotline for you to call and learn what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-786-2300. 800-786-2300. That's 800-786-2300. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now has a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. Hey, this is John Hall. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code word my pillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100 made in the usa and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee 
Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. Late summer this year, you can join Alistair Begg on a fascinating Mediterranean cruise. One of my favorite places to visit is Corfu, Greece. To soak in stunning views of whitewashed churches and thatched-roofed windmills in what is essentially a scenic playground. Then, the privilege of turning to the Bible to gain new insights from the history of the storied location and to discover again how Scripture gains fresh meaning when we're moving in this part of the world. Join Alistair Begg for a -a once-in-a-lifetime Mediterranean cruise. Immerse yourself in the wonder of some of the world's most famous cathedrals, museums, and works of art. We'll be sailing on Norwegian Cruise Line's newest ship, the luxurious Viva. For details, log on to deeperfaithcruise.com. Then call 855-565-5519 to join. 855-565-5519. Inspiration Cruises and Tours is a trusted partner of Salem Media Group. I'm about to celebrate National Pizza Day. I salute you. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to be purchasing from. Mm Mm-hmm. But I want you to know, uh, all of you listeners, that I put a post up on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy, uh, interested in your favorite pizza joint in Pittsburgh. I do yeah. this every year, and usually I hear some different uh, places. I've only gotten two suggestions so far, sure. so I need to get it going here. Okay. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, you'll see the National Pizza Day post. Mm-hmm. Please put underneath it your favorite joint. Now, listen, uh, sort of the dark horse in all this yeah. is um, Vincent's Green Tree and the White Pizza. That was ex- seriously. That's exactly what's going to come out really? of my mouth. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what I'm going to get tonight. A white pizza. Yes. On the way home. Yeah, because here's mm-hmm. the thing: if you go to Vincent's in Green Tree, you get the white pizza. You get the delicious garlicky mm-hmm. olive oil sauce. Super delicious. You get the fresh tomato, and if you get the Thomasine's Mediterranean salad on the side, you're going to be so glad. Yeah. They should be a sponsor. <laughs> I know. They really should. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Fiori's? You been there? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dormont. That's good pizza. Or maybe it's not quite in Dormont. Well, it's on like the way to right Dormont. Right outside of the the Liberty Tunnel. Right. On the left-hand side as you're uh-huh. headed up towards the Dormont. Or yep. Mount Lebanon. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's I really like, good pizza. I like Fiori's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Della Sala's in Verona has mm. been mentioned on our Facebook really? page. Really? Della Sala's? Della Sala's. Della Sala's. Okay. Della Sala's. Uh-huh. Um, I we could sing the praises of Minio's a thousand That's times. That's my go to. It is. It's just home to me. Mm-hmm. I've had it a million times. Right. It's my preferred. Um, I also like Aiello's. Oh yeah, right up the street, of mm-hmm. course. That's excellent as well. Murray Avenue. Yeah. Last uh, time I was in Aiello's, uh, we sat down and ate, and uh, one of the guys behind the counter, he was opining about, in his words, how weird people are. Now, you can imagine what it would be like to work in a pizzeria on Murray Avenue and the people that come in Can you in imagine no. how weird people are? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, good it's just, grief. It's the mass of humanity of walking in, you know, and buying a slice. Pizza Italia, still my favorite, on Liberty Avenue in Bloomfield. Now, wait a second. So you're you're big on this because they had a fire. They moved off the street. Juniper. Are they back? Nope. They're still, still on Juniper still. Street. Yeah, they're still back on Juniper Street. What's the storefront street? look like? Uh, it's an well, insurance I issue. Been, you were there more recently than I was. I drove um, through. Yeah, I paid no attention to yeah. it. No. 
Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I haven't talked to the guys there in a while. I was looking at the place across the street, the uh, the art gallery. That's oh, the place Box Heart or something like that. Yeah. Is that an art gallery? Yeah. Yeah. Is I mean, it really? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think it was? I. <laughs> yeah, it's an I art actually gallery. don't know. It's right next door to the Jesus store. Right. The Sacred, Sacred Heart, Heart of, of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I was looking at that, and that's those guys are right across the street. Right. Remember, the, Howlers used to be there. Oh, Howlers. But then they left. Can you imagine? I always felt bad for the people who lived above Howlers. Of course. I mean, well, anyone who's seen Harry Potter thinks of Howlers differently. Am yeah. I right, Lexi? Yeah. One hundred percent. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I also have to give a shout out to Belisarios, mm-hmm. which is in Allison Park, right across from on Duncan Avenue. Yeah. Uh, I really think that their buffalo chicken pizza is a plus. Excellent. A plus. Very really, good. really like it. Also, Sir Pizza. Oh, Sir Pizza. Right, which Very is good. in Ross Township, yeah, uh, yeah. going into Franklin Park. Right. I absolutely love the pepperoni and green pepper mm, there. Mm-hmm. But pepperoni and onion, to me, is I'm not top of there, the pot. Really? I'm surprised that you don't like that. I mean, I don't like onion in great abundance. I don't. This is a new thing for it me. Overwhelms, I didn't know that. It overwhelms things. Like my wife, she'd have onion on her cereal. Oh, but, yeah, you I know, you, you have to be very careful. So I'm always like going, a little less, please. Okay. Yeah. Now, you shame me for, like, you know, the frozen pizza. Well, yeah, because frozen pizza is horrible. No, it's... Yeah, no, it's... Frozen pizza no, it's has its bad. place. It doesn't. It's it, always bad. It has its place as in something that doesn't taste very good. No, no, I think... You can always make a fresh pizza that I think tastes better than a frozen for less money. Okay, well, happy National Pizza Day. We salute you. And if you want a frozen pizza, go for it. Go to the Facebook page. Chime in. Tell us what we're missing, Okay. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Four Americans filing for jobless benefits last week. The Labor Department says applications for jobless aid in the U.S. for the week ending February 4th rose by 13,000 last week to 196,000. Even with the increase, layoffs remain historically low despite the Federal Reserve's aggressive interest rate policy intended to cool the economy and bring down inflation. It's the fourth straight week. Claims were under 200,000. Correspondent Jeremy House, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says the U.S is sending more aid to the Turkey-Syria earthquake zone. Two urban search and rescue teams from USAID composed of 159 members and 12 rescue dogs are now on the ground to support Turkey search and rescue efforts. We have also deployed approximately 170,000 pounds of specialized tools and equipment. This is SRN News. Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over limit charges and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my 
bills into one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here, write this down and call 1 800 936 5496. Can you repeat that? 1 800 936 5496. That's 1 800 936 5496. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, MediShare 65 plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare parts A and B looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet, MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65+. plus. Here's the number. 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. How was your job to school? Let me tell you. I had to get my iced coffee first. I just can't seem to put it down. My favorite rapper just announced a tour. My phone was buzzing like crazy. I'm so excited. I had to text all my friends right then to talk about it. Then someone started calling me and... Let's try that again. I turned my phone off right away. I never drive distracted. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Marketing your business is hard. It's so competitive, and getting new customers is as hard as keeping your existing ones. We know it because we're a local business, too. So when it comes to marketing your business and getting new customers, we know how to do it. Our digital marketing firm, Salem Surround, is built to create customized solutions to your business, not your competitors, just you. Reach out to us at SalemSurround.com, and we'll work with you to create those solutions that will increase your business and bring you new customers. SalemSurround.com. A wind advisory is in effect through tomorrow morning. We'll see a shower in spots this evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies tonight. Windy with a low of 39. Mostly cloudy tomorrow and breezy with a rain or snow shower in spots of the afternoon. Tomorrow's high, 44. Breezy tomorrow evening. Otherwise, partly to mostly cloudy skies tomorrow night. A couple of flurries, low 24. Times of clouds and sun Saturday with a high of 38. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Happy Thursday to you. Some 70-ish degrees. That's outrageous. I love it. So I hate to say it. Phil may, Phil may, be, he may have been wrong. Well, I wasn't putting a lot of confidence in Phil's like prophetic power. Well, he's, he's right 40% of the time. Yeah. This so the, I, so I think I was right to not put a whole lot of... Right. Hey, I did not know this. Of course, the Super Bowl is this Sunday in Phoenix. Do you know um, it just so happens to be the final day of the Phoenix Open? What's the Phoenix Open? It's, it's a golf event. Oh, okay. So they're expecting some 
one million people in and around the Phoenix area. Boy, for that's gross, isn't Super Bowl it? Super To even imagine that. Yeah. Okay, and I don't know about. Do you, are you disappointed in me that I didn't know that the Phoenix Open? Well, you're was a golf, golf aficionado. I mean, I'm not an aficionado. I mean, I love golf, but I'm probably one of those people who who really appreciate golf. One of the people that they don't like because I really am invested in the majors. Right. And I, you know, well, no one's like pointing fingers at you. <laughs> I mean, Maybe you I, were. No, no, we're fine. I'm just trying to be no, honest no, about who okay. I am, John. Okay, but I. Do you? I, I worry, and it's ridiculous that I do, about security at the Super Bowl. Yes, I always think about right, it. What's that I movie? I mean, not, not like daily I think about it, but every, <laughs> what's going on? every year at the Super Bowl, I think right. about that. What's that movie, uh, Black Sunday or Sunday? Yeah, Lady? the one about with the blimp. Yeah, right, exactly, right? Yeah. Smashing into the field, people are running like crazy. It's a good, it's like a disaster movie of the mm-hmm. 70s, 80s. Okay, so... Um, of course, you know, with a Chinese surveillance balloon and, you know, more and, things like that. And, yeah. Uh, so um, there's, of course, as you might expect, a thousand police officers are assigned to um, the Super Bowl okay. from two dozen agencies. Well, they'll spread around the city. Uh, they also will have um, any number of things. Three Blackhawk helicopters, two A-Stars. I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. One MEA. Uh, a multi-enforcement aircraft, one Bell 2006, 50 agents are going to be down there. There will also be cameras dotted around the stadium site, both inside and out. Five miles of fencing, two million pounds of concrete barriers are in place. Holy cow. And um, everyone's going to get screened, of course, as you go into the stadium. Uh, a million people, like I said, are expected in Phoenix for this oh, event. That's... Oh, mm-hmm. man. Imagine being in charge of that. I mean, the threats are, are real, right, right. and it's ripe for something like this. Right. Okay, so Phoenix is an indoor stadium, Yes. right? Which may help in some way, uh, you would think. People are not exposed. I don't know. Yeah, I, that, it seems like that would help. Yeah, but it's just something to be listen, wary of. Listen, once the funeral for Queen Elizabeth was carried off with no issues, mm-hmm. it really, I mean, I was so grateful that that was able to occur with no loss of life or issue and so the people who do this are really good they should, yeah they're excellent at what they do and you know the, the coordination and planning i'm sure it's been going on for a year or more mm-hmm. right they know when the super bowl is and mm-hmm. they get down to brass tacks but all those different agencies i mean tens and tens and tens of different agencies all coordinating together for the safety of the game uh, i just love it and yeah. and god bless everybody you know and despite which is People say, of course, you know, anytime there's an event, you know, people pile on the police. Look, we just lost an officer here. Yes. I mean, the second one here, the second officer killed this year. Yeah. And I think often about Jim Wallace. You know, he's our friend who um, spent many decades in law enforcement. I mean, it's the first it's the first sort of barrier of society. Without law enforcement, there's chaos. Mm -hmm. And you think about what's about to happen with a million people in physical presence in Phoenix, Arizona, and of course a worldwide audience. God bless those those men and women who are keeping us safe. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. We're going to take a break, but before we do that, I do want to encourage you to find us on social media, mm-hmm. uh, the Ride Home with John and Kathy on Facebook, uh, also on Twitter, Kathy underscore Word FM. It's National Pizza Day, mm-hmm. and I want loaded up with ideas about where we can go tonight so that our listening audience can, you know, maybe end up at a pizza place they haven't been to before. But well, you're good to go with your selection already. I sure am, but we're posting. Just heard about Conca Dioro. Okay. 
101.5 WORD. Plan now to join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clipper. It's our Valentine dinner cruise, Friday, February 10th. A special night out for sweethearts, couples, and friends. Enjoy a delicious dinner buffet in the romantic warmth of the Gateway Clippers Empress as you take in spectacular views of the city skyline. Boarding time is 6 p.m. Book now at wordfm.com. Sponsored in part by Trinity Jewelers and Cornerstone Television. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk, and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major your investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now has a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. Hey, this is John Hall. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code word. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to the buy one get one free offer just when you thought my pillow couldn't get any better my pillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever enter promo code word or call 800-391-0954 to get your my pillow 2.0s now rama christian school is a private school in moon township serving children in preschool through eighth grade recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a christian worldview and academic excellence rama aims to develop the whole child spiritually physically mentally emotionally and socially. Rhema is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. Accepting enrollment now for the current school year and opening soon for the 2023-24 school year. Visit RhemaChristianSchool.org. Happy to welcome to the program Megan Saliashvili. Religion reporter at Christianity Today and also RNS Religion News Service. Megan, we're happy you're with us. Thanks for having me. That's our pleasure, Megan. So you wrote a really interesting piece, a deep dive in reporting. The headline is 500 Ukrainian churches and religious sites damaged by Russian military. I mean, of course, we know it's it's heinous what's happening in Ukraine, but to think of 500 churches destroyed, probably most of them gone forever, it, it really is shocking, isn't it? It is, yeah. And it's not just churches, although mainly churches. It also includes some mosques, synagogues, and other buildings like seminaries. 
Okay, so you you pull a lot of your reporting from something called the Institute for Religious Freedom, um, and, and of course they've been on the ground. Uh, what what exactly does the Institute for Religious Freedom? What is their mission, please? Yeah, the Institute for Religious Freedom is based in Ukraine in Kyiv, and their aim is to document document the Russian war crimes against Ukrainian religious communities. So that includes people and buildings. Hmm. Okay, and so this is essential because those of us who are not on, you know, on the ground can't know these numbers or know what's happening. Um, what do these numbers tell us? And I, I, obviously, it, it, it's a very sad tale. But I mean, as far as the larger picture, are these things, are these attacks increasing? Um, are they slowing down? What can we learn? Yeah, that's a good question. So what we know is that there are 494 buildings destroyed. Most of them are in eastern Ukraine, and there's also many in Kiev, in the capital, um, where most of the fighting was. And the most interesting part is that one-third of those buildings belong to evangelical Christians, because um, less than 5% of Ukraine's population identifies as evangelical. So that's why that's pretty interesting. Um, And Within that, that includes um, 75 Pentecostal churches, 49 Baptist churches, 24 Seventh-day Adventist churches, and then 22 non-denominational churches. Wow. So, Megan, in your reporting, you, you quote someone who says that Russian soldiers have repeatedly threatened to destroy evangelical churches in Ukraine, calling them American spies, sectarians, and enemies of the Russian Orthodox people. So I, I don't know if you would know this question, but when I read this and you're reporting about, you know, the, the targeting of specifically evangelical churches by a large majority, is this something that the soldiers are being informed of? Um, this is something that they're being taught and, and told to target? Or do you think it's just an individual effort that when they come across churches, they're going to destroy the churches? Yeah, that's not something that we really know. So the Institute for Religious um, Freedom in Ukraine, their goal is to get independent bodies to investigate these kinds of crimes. And one thing, uh, you know, that they're doing is is um, compiling these anecdotal stories from different people. And that story that you're talking about is from Pastor Valentin Sini. He is a rector of an evangelical institute and Kherson, which was, um, you know, recaptured by the Ukrainian military in November. So he was saying that his employees were threatened in that way, um, saying, you know, Russian soldiers saying, you need to be buried alive because you're a sectarian, because you're Baptist. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so talk about what the relationship is then in that area between Orthodox congregations and evangelical ones. Yeah, well, um, you know, I have been to Ukraine before, much before um, this recent full-scale invasion started. I think that it's generally, um, you know, one that's pretty peaceable, and many Ukrainians of different religions get along together um, quite fine. But, um, you know, in Russia, there is some kind of stigma, you know, that carries in a little bit to Ukraine, too, as far as, um, you know, something that they might call sheep stealing, hmm. when there's evangelical missionary activity um, among maybe, a, you know, a Catholic or Orthodox population. And so, um, you know, in Russia, the Constitution does protect religious freedom in theory, but in practice, there are many evangelicals in Russia who feel 
persecuted because the you know there are limits mm-hmm. legally on their missionary activity. Megan, I'm glad you brought up that you had visited Ukraine in the past. I, I was fortunate to be in Ukraine as well. And, and I'm sure, like myself, when you see the devastation, because, you know, like the, like the big cities, like Kiev, I mean, a gorgeous city and, and well taken care of. Churches were abounding. The people were fabulous. And now you see the devastation and you think, it, you know, it's unrecognizable in any ways, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it must just a very tragic situation. It truly is. Now, in your reporting, you, you write this. Russian forces have also abducted Ukrainian pastors and tried to enlist them as Russian mm. spies and propagandists, according to the IRF report. From February 24th to July 15th of 2022, the Institute recorded 20 cases of illegal imprisonment of Ukrainian religious leaders, accompanied by attempted rape, mock executions, deprivation of water, food and access to a toilet, and threats of violence against family members. So, I mean, it's not only that they're destroying the infrastructure as well, but it gets deeply personal when you are abducting pastors who are, you know, in the process of keeping themselves and their their flock, their congregations alive and informed of the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, unfortunately, there is a lot of religious dispute in Ukraine. So many of those um, instances are, uh, you know, instances of of taking priests from the independent Orthodox Church of Ukraine and, um, you know, and vice versa. There is a disagreement there. Hmm. Okay, so if you... um... If someone said, okay, so what, what What? do we need to know? For those of us who are living here in the States, um, who are also followers of Jesus and care about the the worldwide church, um, what are the most important things that we need to know? Uh, how can we pray for them? What can we do? Yeah, well, um, there's a Ukrainian pastor in the story that I wrote named Dmitry Badiou, and he is currently relocated to Poland with his family and he actually survived um, Russian captivity and escaped their prison. Um, he's from Melitopol in the south. And um, he is asking for prayers. Just pray, um, you know, that they can regain their church building and that their community members who are still there, who are evangelicals living in Russian-occupied areas, will stay safe. Okay. Um, what about people who want to do something um, either financially or, you know, in some support role? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I don't know if I have any particular places to recommend because there's so many different yeah. Um, yeah. agendas. Sure. And, you know, but if people go check out the IRF website, um, Institute for Religious Freedom, um, they may get an idea. Okay. Okay. Check. Yeah, that that's a great idea. So go to International Religious Freedom, go to their website and look at their suggestions. Uh, we've been talking to Megan Saliashvili. Thank you so much, Megan. A pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Our Bye. pleasure. Well, look, I mean, you see what's happening. Russia is ready to mount a giant offensive. Things are going to get much, much worse before they get better. Prayers for all of those people, the Ukrainians. And, of course, the Russian citizens themselves used as puppets. 
just when you thought it couldn't get any better. Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now has a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. Hey, this is John Hall. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code WORD. MyPillow 2.0 temperature-regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. Rayma Christian School is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through 8th grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rayma aims to develop the whole child, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rama is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families, accepting enrollment now for the current school year and opening soon for the 2023-24 school year. Visit RamaChristianSchool.org. South Point Telecom specializes in electronic chimes for your church or community center. Replace or upgrade your existing bells with affordable, high-fidelity musical This is Don Hoder with 30 years experience at South Point Telecom with audio, video systems, office phones, and computer cabling. Phone me now for a quick, affordable price. 412-646-6262 or go to southpointtelecom.com. TV news. It's a love-hate relationship. Well, let's be honest. More hate. We agree. That's why we're different. Salem News Channel has assembled the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. Home to Charlie Kirk, Hugh Hewitt, Eric Metaxas, and more. There's finally a place on TV for lovers of freedom like you. Watch anytime on any screen, free, 24-7. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. Discover the magnificence of the Mediterranean with Alistair Bay and our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Nine life-changing days of powerful worship, Bible study, and history. Sign up now, deeperfaithcruise.com. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. A wind advisory is in effect through tomorrow morning. We'll see a shower in spots this evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies tonight. Windy with a low of 39. Mostly cloudy tomorrow and breezy with a rain or snow shower in spots of the afternoon. Tomorrow's high, 44. Breezy tomorrow evening. Otherwise, partly to mostly cloudy skies tomorrow night. A couple of flurries, low 24. Times of clouds and sun Saturday with a high of 38. With your Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Stinky cheese. Oh, yeah. It does make sense. Now, it's like many things. It's an acquired taste. An acquired sniff, I should say. Mm -hmm. And 
a level of stink? Some cheese. My wife is like queen of the stinky I know she cheese. Is. Seriously, when we were dating, I'd go go to these cheese stores in New York City. I mean, it was like overwhelming. It's seriously, it's like someone's wet socks. Yeah. And you go, oh, I'm going to eat that. But I'm telling you, it's very good. But I don't understand it. The stinkiness. What, what, yeah, what, what's going on that makes it that stinky? See, here's know. the thing. I can only do stinky to a certain level. Mm-hmm. Like, I love a blue. I love oh, a Roquefort. Yeah. I love it's a Gorgonzola. But that's not that stinky. No, no, no. I don't. I know that I'm going to out myself with someone who doesn't care about fine dining. I don't like brie. What? That's no, nope. it's stinky. It's not. It's I love mi- brie. It's minorly stinky. What are you kidding? It's me? minorly stinky. I don't Brie's really like, a, like it. Like a pedestrian. I don't cheese. really like it. When you goat move, cheese. When you, I hate goat I cheese. I had goat cheese for lunch today. I hate it. I absolutely. What? I hate goat cheese. I don't understand that either. I love it. So we move up the stink ladder. Yeah. I'm out. Huh. I just can't. Different strokes. Yeah. That's all. You like fish? Fish is super stinky. Yeah, I I know. But not cheese. No, I can't. I. Only minor stink. Well, I think stinky cheese does make sense. Okay. You're saying and, it doesn't. And I think it, I think it does, but only to a point. All right. And then what are we doing, really? All right, does this make sense? Wearing a hat indoors. Mmm. Okay, that may, was a big no-no 50 years ago. I may be old school here, but, you know, I still am fraught with a level of anxiety when I wear a hat indoors or, heaven forbid... I want to pass judgment from someone. <laughs> Who's doing it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wearing a hat indoors. I mean, you know, that. Ever. I mean, it's, it comes, to, at least with me, a certain amount of culture clash. Mm, okay. uh, but apparently that ship has sailed. I think that ship has sailed. And I'm married to someone who is A, bald, and B, always cold. So he needs that. And so uh, my husband wears a hat. Constantly. He, he wears a hat when he goes to sleep at night. In the summertime? No. Okay. But in the, but winter, in the winter, he, wears he a hat. always, always, always wears a hat. So so I'm so used to it, i got to be honest, I don't even notice it. Right. But, He's got like a little handicapped parking space with a hat on it. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I mean, the man is cold. Uh, so. Uh, it's antiquated? Plus I, plus, I like a hat, and so I feel like it's a little antiquated. Yeah. I like a hat. I yeah. like to see somebody in a hat. Okay. But like you see a guy at church wearing a hat. Doesn't bother me. Right. I kind of like it. Does it make sense? I think it does. 101.5 WORD. I'm Alan Jackson, and I have the privilege of joining you each day to open the Word of God and ask for His input. And I'm convinced the challenges we face in today's world are more spiritual than they are political or economic. Exploring God's Word together is refreshing. It equips us for everything that comes our way. Join me, and let's see what God has in store for us today. A fresh look at Scripture, weekday mornings at 930, Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest-rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. 
That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. Very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and Install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit bachmansroofing.com. We go through these cycles in America, right? And we are in a hard and deep cycle now of the banning of books. Now, I get it. I mean, some of the titles that are out there for little kids, you go, really? That's in my kid's library? But I read an article today um, about a large Florida school district which has uh, pulled or banned an illustrated children's biography of Roberto Clemente. It's off its shelves, and they are determining whether it is developmentally appropriate for student use. Those their words. Duval County Public Schools, which includes uh, the city of Jacksonville, said in a news release it is taking further steps to comply with the new Florida laws on library books. Those laws, the district say, require books in schools to be free of pornography, instructions on sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through third grade. Fine. That doesn't seem like that's too much to That ask. is not. Um, Pen America, which is a New York-based nonprofit, works to defend free expression, reported that the school district in Florida had removed 176 titles from classrooms. They include works such as My Two Dads and Me, My Two Moms and Me, Celebrating Different Beliefs, The Gift of Ramadan, The Berenstain Bears. The Berenstain Bears? And The Big Question. What's up with the Berenstain Bears? I don't know. And also... Books about Rosa Parks, the Underground Railroad, and Japanese internment camps during World War II. What? Also removed was Roberto Clemente, The Pride of the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's a 2005 book by Dormont's Jonah Winter. The 32-page book references racism that Clemente endured. I have this book. 
Uh, as a right fielder, as, here's what the book says, quote, as a right fielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates, Clemente fought tough opponents and even tougher racism. But with his unreal catches and swift feet, he earned his nickname, The Great One, a blurb for the book reads. Um, I don't know. Wait, so so you're saying that the reason that they have pulled that book mm-hmm. is because they're talking about him being a, an object of racism? Yes. You've got to be kidding me. Apparently, that's the, that's okay. A, I this is this is a this is a first of all, you're reading from the trip, or is that an AP story? That it's the an AP story up? that okay. the trip picked up. Yeah. All right. The uh, the structure that the Florida government has set up mm-hmm. is that we're not going to approve, and books need to be pulled that are pornographic, or talk about gender and sexuality issues for kids that are kindergarten through third grade. Yep. What does a book on Rosa Parks have to do with that? Uh, I don't know. Or what does this Roberto Clemente book have okay, to do so with that? This is or what does the Japanese internment camp book have to do with that? The Berenstain Bears? Okay, so um, this is from Ber- Roberto Clemente Jr., who's Roberto's oldest son. He said that he was initially taken aback after learning that the book was removed from school shelves. But he says after researching the issues and then rereading the book, which he owns, he said he's not really going to fuss about it. So there's something in there. I mean, Roberto lived in Oakland. Mm-hmm. He lived in the South Hills. Uh, he also said, if you have a child who does not see color on anyone and you're going to sh- now plant that seed that we are a different color, that is where I agree 100%. We are the same as far as I'm concerned. We are all the human race. I would teach my son about racism because I went through it personally. But putting that issue out there in schools, especially with very young children, opens the door to how teachers could possibly use it for their own agenda. That's crazy. I Listen, uh, look, it's a documented fact. Uh, I remember uh, walking in the streets of Oakland, um, you know, sort of like, um, where's the Pete? The, up where the Pete is. Mm-hmm. That neighborhood. That neighborhood back in there. Mm-hmm. Very nice houses back in there. Do you, you mean like Shenley Farms? Yes, okay. Shenley Farms. The neighborhood of Shenley Farms. A very, very, it's an upper class yeah, neighborhood, right? Time. When Roberto first came here, uh, he lived with a Jewish family, lived on their third floor. So I, I walk those streets sometimes, and I think, this is cool, man. I'm walking the same streets that Roberto walked, you know, because, you know, the neighborhood is literally a five-minute walk to where Forbes Field once was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, yeah, uh, as a black man, as a Puerto Rican, there's no doubt that Roberto, I mean, they called him Bobby when he first came to the United States. Bobby, because they were unfamiliar with Roberto. They mocked Roberto because... English was his second language. And in the sports pages, they would they would sort of pronounce what Roberto was saying, you know. And, and it, oh, really? Like yeah. phonetically? Yes. And it was an insult. It was kind of they, like they mocked him in some way. Wow. I mean, they were, you know, of course, it was Pittsburgh in the 1950s. It's totally different than, what, you know, the, the era that we live in right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and this book, any, if you read any book about Roberto, it's well documented. They they go into this deeply, and, and no one's you know pointing fingers and complaining. They're just saying this is a matter of historical fact. This is what the guy went through, and of course he became one of you know the beloved sons of the city of Pittsburgh. Times change, people change, cultures change. Yeah, I think this is a a uh, an instance of people not recognizing nuance. The only thing that would connect 
a book on Rosa Parks, a book on transgenderism, a book on sexuality for a second grader, a book on Roberto Clemente suffering racism. The only thing that would connect them is the fact that progressive people would champion them. But they actually don't have anything in common. So I think that perhaps people who are not looking at this from a larger perspective are saying, oh, let's just get rid of all those books because I had a friend and she was a crazy lib and she liked all that stuff. And so we're just going to get rid of it. Because a book on Roberto, a book on Rosa Parks or Japanese internment camps has nothing to do My with preaching. My two dads and me. Exactly. Or preaching sexuality to a seven-year-old. Right. It has nothing My to do with that. My two moms and me. I mean... <laughs> That's just real. That's really it's really upsetting. Well, that's that's where we are, right? I mean, yeah. Now, let me also say something that to be to be uh, fair to lawmakers and to and to librarians and people who care about this issue, a banning a book is not the same as taking it off a reading list. So um, there have been a lot of instances where people have been accused, people who are on school boards have been accused of banning books. And they're not banning a book from the library. They're just taking it off a recommended reading list. It's not the same thing. I mean, it's still on the shelf. Yeah, it's still on the shelf. So we have to be careful when we talk about these things. Are we talking about a book that's banned? Or are we talking about a book that's just no longer on a recommended reading list? Um, that's a good. That's a really good point. Yeah. Okay. I, did, I did not yeah. understand the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the delineation there. Yeah. So uh, I mean, so, by all accounts, the Bible should be banned. Well, the, the Bible's right? banned in a lot of places, right? right? I mean, but in Florida. Oh, in Florida, right? Wait, why? Because it might it, it talks about racism. Kid, kid me, look at what's in the Bible. Right, it talks I mean, about justice. And, right, there's one story after another. Right. And... All right. The other thing, though, uh, that I think is worth mentioning is that. We are all, all of us, regardless of where we land politically or uh, outlook-wise, we're getting really wimpy when it comes to reading stuff we don't agree with. And it's the beginning of the end for any type of intellectual life, is if you decide that you're only going to read books by people you agree with. Right. I get that. But, and I also get what they're doing in Florida as well, you do see, for lack of a better word, intentional activism, right? Especially from a sexual perspective of small children and... Yes, and I'm not in favor of that. I'm not in favor of that either. Let's not lump everything together. Let's not put, you know, a book on Japanese internment camps alongside my two dads. Yeah, and me. I mean, that's crazy. And and we're not, in this instance, we're talking about little kids. But First how, through third grade. How many instances do we know of college students, right, and their parents who are weighing in and pressuring uh, collegiate institutions to not allow speakers, right. to not allow books, to not promote, to not teach ideas. Cancel culture. Because it's too scary. Right. Or, you know, we're not sending or we're not spending all this money to send our kids to a school to let them do that. Well, you know what? Actually, you're spending money, or at least you should be, yeah. in my opinion, sending, spending money to send your kid to a school that teaches them how to think. Yep. And part of the way that you learn how to think is to read stuff you don't agree with and to sit in an auditorium for crying out loud Figure it out. and listen to somebody who's saying something you don't agree with. Yep. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of your life. It's not something that injures you forever. In my opinion, just sit there, be tough enough to hear an idea that's different than yours, and you might not change your mind. You might even be more 
sure of your own opinion after hearing the person that disagrees with you. But that's what learning is. And if we should be encouraging it in a third grade classroom or a sixth grade classroom or a 12th grade classroom, we should be encouraging it in a college right. and we should be encouraging it in all of us. I get, that's excellent. That's very well said. But, but you do understand, of course, you know this, that people are just worried about activism. I get that. And right. when you're talking about little kids, I really think you're Please in a li- you're in a little bit of a different thing. I mean, I don't yeah. think a, a, you should protect young a six-year-old has to be exposed to things that they don't agree with. Right. But I do think their parents do. And that's where – that's how I get – I get really annoyed with that. I think, mm-hmm. you know, well, I'm – you know, how many uh, liberal institutions cons- – uh, wealthy secondary programs, colleges in New England, California – can't bear to hear a conservative speaker. They come, you know, a conservative speaker is set up to come on their campus, and all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. we have to throw bricks. People are screaming and crying. And detail that, you know, there's a microaggression. That's yep. ridiculous. At the same time, we have conservative colleges that can't bear to hear someone talk about CRT. Right. Oh, critical race theory. We can't possibly talk about it. Why can't we talk about it? How fragile are we that you can't hear about something that, first of all, you probably don't understand, and second of all, someone's talking about it in a way that you don't like? Right. That's school. That's learning. Because you that's know, life. We we are generally as a society uh, not well read, right? Mm-hmm. We're uh, a quarter of an inch deep and ten miles wide, and we, we choose not to go there until there's a controversy, and then all of a sudden people think, "Well, I understand this because I, my friend told me X." So all of a sudden you're like the expert on. The, the you know the topic du jour the right, day. And I'm all amped up over it now. Right. Okay. So along with that, so th- this book that I talked about, Roberto, there's another book also apparently that's been um, banned as well. Also removed was Roberto Clemente, the Pride of the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's a 2005 book by Dormont's uh, Jonah Winter. Now I bring this up because um, the Trib uh, reached out to Jonah Winter and he says, well, you know what? Uh, sales of my 18 year old book increased after the news of the book was being removed from school shelves. They don't hurt sales. They don't Mm. hurt authors. They hurt children in the school districts where this is happening, Winter says. Uh, You know that's true. Anytime a book is banned, people's interest is peaked and they go, oh, I I haven't read that ever, or I should read that, or I'd like to. Yeah, you're right. And all of a sudden. Yeah. So then. So the authors are like, great. Yeah, because they're, you know, a lot of these books are buried in, you know, the back hallways of libraries. They're. You know, not part of the vernacular or curriculum of many school districts, and they're resurrected in some ways. Is there nobody in those school districts that would say, you know what, as someone who is a parent or a grandparent or a teacher, I don't think it's appropriate to talk about sexuality with a second grader. I'm sure that. However, does. wait. However, I do think it's important to talk to a second grader about racism. Is there nobody that thinks that? Talking about racism with a second grader is not going to hurt them. No. That's just the world we live in. Right. But I, I, I don't think it's appropriate. I mean, you know what I mean? Do we have to paint with such a broad brush that we can either talk to them about nothing or talk to them about everything? I mean, children, you know, they're sponges. They pick up on things. You can talk to your little kid. I mean, sex, that's a whole different thing. The idea of... The idea of treating people, people differently te- yeah. because there are different colors. Right. I don't see where that's something that we have to be careful about discussing with little kids. Okay. So with that in mind, I also read a piece earlier today. Overprotective parenting can backfire, lead to shorter lifespans for kids. Really? Right. Where's this from? This is from Study Finds. And uh, they're saying this, essentially. Research reports that uh, men who had an overprotective father 
and generally little autonomy all around during childhood may be at a 12% higher risk of dying before the age of 80. The numbers are even worse among women. For females who had an overprotective father, the risk of dying before the age of 80 can increase by 22%. Wow. Notably, however, if a woman was also well cared for by their mother during childhood, that risk may decrease by up to 14%. Another eyebrow-raising statistic, the study suggests that men who lived with only one parent during childhood had a 179% higher risk of dying before their 80th birthday. These findings come from a new research project involving the analysis of data encompassing 941 participants across the country. Isn't that something? So we we are, I think generally we are, you know, we're having less children. Right. And so the children that we are having. We are micromanaging. We are helicopter parents. So. Or snowplow parents. Or you're giving the phone to your kid when he's nine. I mean, the two extremes, right? Right. I mean, listen. Snowplow parents, this is helicopter for, parenting. Yeah. You should have watched Stranger Things, Lexi. Am I? Am I? I mean, speak to me. You know, John doesn't like Stranger Things. Did no, you know that? Say, I no. watched the first episode or the first season. He watched the first season and then decided he didn't want to watch it anymore. Mm. Season three is like the best Isn't season. It? You yeah. have to get to at least season three. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Anyway, ah. one of the things, Lexi, that you can't imagine, but. You know how in Stranger Things, none of their parents know what's going on? Yeah, 100%. Okay. okay. You have to know that that was true. Mm-hmm. My parents didn't have a clue. My parents, and we had great parents. Yes. We had parents that were super loving and wonderful. That was They the didn't norm. know what we were doing. Yeah. That was long gone. There were so many of us, they didn't have a clue. Right. But here's the, here's the thing. There were seven of us kids, but I'm telling you, at five o'clock every day, mm-hmm. it didn't matter if you were, you know, in Kenya you had to be at the dinner table at five o'clock. <laughs> right. You did. Right. And the conversation that happened around that dinner table. Now, look, my parents were as blue collar as blue collar could be. But all nine of us, we started off with a prayer. And then my mom, God bless her, she fed that army every night at five o'clock. And the conversation that went on there, sometimes good. Sometimes, you know, a little what the heck's going on. We always heard about my dad and my we always heard about the world from an adult perspective. And they were always interested in us. Okay. Every night. So they so they didn't know where you were. So there was a lot of freedom and there was a lot of restriction. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There was. Huh. A lot of freedom and a lot of but still standing. I had swaths of hours and hours and hours of just me running around, riding a bike, disappearing, going to the dump playing baseball, you know, gone for hours. Lexi, was you, what was your upbringing like? Were you... I would ride my bike all around um, my little town. I would go to the park. I would go, you know, So you were relatively whatever. free? Yeah, for the most part. Um, I would get, like, a certain, like, time to be back home, and I would be back home at that time. Good job, Tina. <laughs> Good team. Yeah, 100%. And you had you have siblings? Yes, I have an old, uh, an older sister and an older brother. Okay, so you were the little one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then that that's runs against the norm of what we're talking about. Yeah, because I think is that unusual. You think for people your age, Lexi? I don't. I don't particularly think so. I think a lot of people who were um, born late '90s, like I was, um, a lot of them had that point in time where, in the beginning of their childhood, it was very much like you were outside, you were playing a lot of the time. And then as you got older, like 11 and 12, I got my first phone. To be fair, it was a flip phone. So I'm just, I'm prefacing that right now. Mm-hmm. I got my first phone at nine. Okay. 
Um, it was a flip phone. It was yeah. an emergency phone mm-hmm. because I was in sports and I was doing a bunch of other things. Yeah. So it was a necessity for me to be able to contact my parents. Okay. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, I didn't get my first um, smartphone until I was 12, 13, mm-hmm. which is still relatively young. Yeah. Um, but for a lot of my life, I either a, didn't need a phone because I was told to be back at a certain time. I knew what time it was. Yeah. Or I would or I did have a phone, but it was mainly for calling my parents when I was ready to be picked up. Okay, so does any of that make sense then? I mean, we talk about book banning, overprotection. At the same time, we allow Parents calling colleges and telling them they don't like their college curriculum. Right. I mean, I understand you're you're paying a lot of money to send your kid to a school. I'm not saying you can't weigh in, but... Figure it out. But w- figure it out and weighing in and saying, I don't want my kid to be exposed to some idea is hmm. the antithesis of education. Yeah. But so we live in this weird sort of time frame, right? Where there is people are so worried about certain things, but at the same time, everyone's got a computer in their pocket that allows them to see, you know, Anything. sexual exploitation right. of yep. minors and, you know, the rost of criminals. Right. And everyone feeds on this like it's entertainment. Yep. Which is. I don't get it. I don't know. It's a strange world. But but this whole book burn, banning thing, and, and to me, I, you know, you sort of like you read things and you go, really? You're banning a book about Clemente, Roberto? Th- that to me is like, it just doesn't make any sense. No, it it's kind of nutty, the world that we live in, that, that that's what we've come to. Does that make sense? It doesn't make no, any sense No, it doesn't at make all. any all sense. Right. We're going to step away. When we come back, more conversation about National Pizza Day. If you want to weigh in, find us on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy, or on Twitter, Kathy underscore Word FM. What are your favorite pizza joints? We've got to talk about it next. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process, helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now has a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. Hey, this is Jim. John Hall. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code WORD. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-800. 
800-391-0954 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. Marketing your business is hard. It's so competitive, and getting new customers is as hard as keeping your existing ones. We know it because we're a local business, too. So when it comes to marketing your business and getting new customers, we know how to do it. Our digital marketing firm, Salem Surround, is built to create customized solutions to your business, not your competitors, just you. Reach out to us at SalemSurround.com, and we'll work with you to create those solutions that will increase your business and bring you new customers. SalemSurround.com. Rayma Christian School is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through eighth grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rayma aims to develop the whole child, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rayma is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families, accepting enrollment now for the current school year and opening soon for the 2023-24 school year. Visit RaymaChristianSchool.org. National Pizza Day, my friends. Mm-hmm. In the uh, commercial break, I was just communicating with my husband via text message and uh, seeing what we were going to do to celebrate this most important holiday. No, wait, no. When you do a pizza, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like the healthiest thing, is it? I don't think it's bad. It's, it's not kind, like no. it's It's not like you're having fried chicken. It's pretty close. I don't think it is. It's kind of junk foodish. No, you know it is. It no, is. No, I don't look at it as... I, I seriously, do. Okay, fine. So when you do a pizza... Mm-hmm. Do you do a salad? Always. Aha. Uh-huh. That's the, yeah. The vinegar in the salad kind of balances it out. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? I think it's a better taste. Oh, the blue cheese. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Delicious. Yeah. Okay. Uh I have gotten some uh feedback on Facebook here. Okay. Beto's or Bato's pizza. Beto's, yeah, Beto's. Okay, Beto's. Bado. Mm-hmm. Uh Conca Dorio Pizzeria in Plum. Really? Uh-huh. Conca Dorios. Conca Doro. D apostrophe O R O. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monticello's and Cranberry. Love it. Veltri's oh, and Braddock Hills. Vel- I, that's where I went. What do you, oh, just the other night? Yeah. Really? Veltri's. Yeah, they used to be in Swissvale, and now they're up in Braddock I Hills. I remember when they were in Swissvale, yeah. actually. And the old Rudy's, Rudy's Pizza Place. Right. Yeah, now they're up that's a, that's a good pizza. It's a very good pizza. Uh, Giorgio's uh, on Western Avenue in the north side. Giorgio's. I've seen the <laughs> sign. I've never been inside there. I would, I, I've never tried that. Mm-hmm. Um, Beto's again. Mm-hmm. Della Salas in Verona. Huh. Don't know it? I like it a lot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> How about like when you see the ads like for the national chains? Yeah. Get your pizza and we'll throw in six breadsticks. And you think, how much That's... bread do I I mean, how much bread do I need? Really? Do you ever get uh when you get your pizza, do you get it delivered or do you go get it? I always go get it. I always go how get it. How hard is it to go get no, it? No, because I don't want a cold pizza. Yeah. And here's my thing. Like the other day, they I, I called. They go. Okay, be ready half an hour. No, no, no. No. I'm, I'm showing up 15 exactly, minutes. Exactly, because as soon as it's ready, I, I want to re- go. Me too. Let's yeah. go. I'm, I don't want that half an hour. It's sitting around there getting cold for 15 minutes or something. I'm standing there waiting. <laughs> I got excited. I know. I mean, Here come on, you guys. Give me, give me that pizza. Uh, you rem- uh, Jim Gaffigan, in talking about the, uh, do you remember him saying uh, the only thing missing when you get a pizza delivered and breadsticks? No. He, said, he said the only thing missing is a suicide note. <laughs> like who's eating the breadsticks? The the uh, maybe a little side of pasta. It's like a salute to carbohydrates. True, it, really, it is a salute to carbohydrates. Yeah. Uh, have you seen uh, Gaffigan's new act? 
on no, maybe Amazon. No, he's got a new stand-up. Yep, he does. Really? How new is it? No, uh, not a pretty new. Okay. Pretty new. Well, I love Jim Gaffigan, don't you? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think he's very funny. Fabulous. Guy. And did you have you seen Sebastian Maniscalco's new one? I did. Not so good. Oh, really? No. Interesting. Not so good. Tell me. Uh, it's thin. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a disappointment. Yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's all I'll say. Because okay. I, I know you love them, and I love I them, do. too. And, of course, you want to laugh. I didn't laugh a lot. Okay. That's a hard job. It was a terrible me? job. Want to be a stand-up oh comedian, gosh. how difficult that is to make your living make people laugh? Right. What about Dave Chappelle's latest one? Uh, I have not seen it. Yeah, me neither. And I'm not afraid of Dave Chappelle. No. I mean, people kind of go, well, oh, I, Dave Chappelle. I I'm think, not afraid of it, but no. I, I, can, I, I don't think I've ever made it through a whole one. He's a truth teller. He is. He is. But it's a lot... It's a lot to take in. He's Carlin-esque. Yeah, I guess so. Very much so. I never knew George Carlin. You didn't? Uh-uh. Well, I told you my, it was my first concert. Right, of course. I saw Jim Croce and George Carlin in concert. Okay, that's <laughs> hilarious. Okay, that was your first concert, yeah. Jim Croce and George Carlin. Yeah, at the Syrian Mosque in Oakland. My first concert was Sean Cassidy <laughs> at the uh, Civic Arena. Oh, my God. Lexi, your first concert was? Um, the Jonas Brothers. Oh. At, um. Oh, what's it called? PPG Paint? No, the Pavilion. Oh, Starlight. Yeah, Starlight. Oh, okay. Jonas Brothers. Okay, so the Jonas Brothers, Sean Cassidy, and George Carlin, and who? And Jim, Jim Croce. <laughs> I left it. Here's my recollection. Jim Jim Croce's funnier than George Carlin. That was my recollection. <laughs> Me and my friend Mike Busco, who I still stay in contact with. Hey, listen, we've only got nine tickets left for the Valentine Cruise oh, on my Friday. Goodness. Nine tickets left. Hey. Nine tickets left. Order right now. Wordfm.com. They're going to be gone just a couple minutes. Come join us. We're not serving pizza. Friday night. No pizza. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.